Keith Hernandez. Do you know that name? Anybody out there? Maybe one? Yeah, die? Keith Hernandez. Who was he? Yeah, he was a baseball player from the 70s and 80s. And he was a very good baseball player. He played for the New York Mets. He played for the St. Louis Cardinals. And he had a lifetime 300 batting average. His batting performance was and productivity was 30% better than anyone else, well, than the league average at his time. He, uh, he had a walk rate of 12.5%, and so he had a good eye at the plate. He uh, won 11 gold gloves at first base, which is a record. Uh, five all-star appearances and two World Series wins, I believe. And yet, for all of his accomplishments, he could not accomplish the one thing that he had set his mind out to do from the very beginning. He failed to get his father's acceptance. Keith Hernandez's father, this one time, he uh, spoke to his father and he said, Dad, I have a 300 batting average. Is that enough? And his dad said, yes, son, but you might look back on your life, you will look back on your life someday and ask yourself, could I have done more? And for Keith, that was crushing. His dad was a minor league baseball player whose career was cut short because of injury. And so what did he do? He drove his son, he badgered his son, he tutored his son to become the best ball player that he could be from very early on. And his son caught on. That if he wanted his father's acceptance, he'd have to what? Perform. And if he were to perform the best that he could, he could come back to his father later in life and ask him, Dad, is this enough? And what crushed him was that his dad said, you can always do more. And Keith Hernandez lived with that his whole life, trying to perform and get acceptance from his father by his performance, a performance that I'm going to use this morning to talk about as an outside-in performance. Um, you and I, and really all people, universally, every culture, look for our righteousness very often by nature from the outside in. Psychologists call it ambition attachment disorder. It's who we are and what we do, the rules that we keep. Those things, they make us value on the inside. And they happen in very small ways, micro ways throughout the week, probably hundreds, thousands of times. You go into a restaurant and there's a woman who's wearing a hat or maybe some kind of outfit that's from like the early 90s or 80s and you kind of chuckle and you say, well, that's out of date. And so you either laugh at that or you look in the mirror quickly and you make sure that everything's in place. You see that? What we project means something to us about who we are. It's um, being invited to the tailgate with all the guys, right? And when you go to the tailgate, you just happen to have the minivan that week. And all the guys, what do they have? They have trucks. And so you park three blocks away so that you can walk, and they won't see what you were driving to the tailgate that day. Ambition, attachment disorder. Getting your righteousness from the outside in. Now, I gave you a couple goofy examples, but there's really... In, in our hearts, the same attitude towards God, that we look for righteousness on the outside. Let's say, you know, that you're volunteering for a church event and you saw this long list of volunteers that signed up. But when it came to the event day, you and maybe just a handful of other people on that list show up. 
what are you thinking in your head? You could be thinking a couple of things. You could be thinking, I saw that list. I saw everybody that signed up. And you might be thinking two things. You might be angry at them because they're not as dedicated as some of Christians like you. Or you might be a little proud. And you might think to yourself, well, I know that they're weak, but I'm a pretty strong Christian, right? Now, before I put this on you, I do this work full time as a pastor. And so the blunt of the law is pointing right at me, right? I have a job where I literally work in God's word every day. And so how do I look at other people? <laughs> I, I can also find my value from the outside in by what I do. In Luke chapter 17, uh, 18, rather, you have here Jesus speaking a parable to people who were very proud of what they did. They were finding their value from the outside in. And I'm gonna, we're gonna look at that this morning very briefly and we're gonna see that that approach to finding value through performance brings you nowhere. In fact, it's actually anti-God. And how God wants us to view ourselves and how he wants us to approach him is through a heart that believes that we are the ones in need of grace, that we're the ones in need of mercy, like the second character in this parable. And when we realize that, then we can go through this Lent season and we can go through life knowing that God has redeemed us, restored us, and given us value from the inside by establishing his grace there. And that's how we'll live our life on the outside, okay? Here it is. Jesus is speaking in parables, a story that's common to people but it has a deeper spiritual meaning. He says, it says here, to some who are confident of their own righteousness and look down on, on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. Right from the start, you get to know who this Pharisee is, and he's in that same vein of people who, what, does Jesus say, his audience are people that look down on other people because of what they do. And this Pharisee, his heart, the rules drive his heart. He's driven by rules and he's driven by performance. And you can see that in his own words. He says in verse 11, he compares himself to robbers, evildoers, and adulterers, right? Bad, worse, and worse. Right? People that take things that aren't theirs, people that do evil, people that break their promises to other, you know, their relationship their, to their spouse, or even like this tax collector, people that rip other people off. Obviously, these are things in scripture that are bad. And this tax collector says, you see my performance, God? It's, it's not like any of these other people. And what he's doing is he's taking rules and he's allowing those rules to define who he is on the inside. And, 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 it, and it shows in, in what he does. What is he, where's, look at his position in the temple. Look at his position when he prays. Where is he? It says that he stood by himself. And perhaps this means that he had separated himself and he stood closer to the altar. He stood away from the people. And this is his view, is that because he gets his righteousness from the outside in, he separates himself from other people. And that's what we do too. When we have our performance as the number one thing in our life and we say the rules are the number one thing to keep, we're gonna be separating ourselves from many, many other people and we're gonna look at them as robbers and evildoers and adulterers. 
So he separates himself from other people, and that's what happens when you live the outside in. And then he actually begins to believe a lie. It says, you know, I went through the ones before, robbers, evildoers, adulterers. We know these are all bad things. They're all things that the Bible says don't do. But then he says this, I fast twice a week. Did you know that that's not in the Bible? That that's a rule that he has made up in his head? When you live the outside in, you will start making rules that aren't in the Bible as well. And you'll start to say to yourself, hey, look, God, I'm not just keeping your rules, but I'm keeping rules that I'm making up because I think that that those rules give me value. The Pharisee has separated himself from the people. He's made himself unique. He's made himself the exception because he's made of rules that he thinks that are pleasing to God. He's living the outside in, looking for acceptance. So, what this gets down to is this. Beneath this outside-in approach is a rejection of God. You can reject God two ways. You can either break all of his rules or you can keep all of his rules. You can reject God two ways. You can either break all of his rules or you can keep all of his rules. What do I mean by that? Well, you can, even, you can break all of his rules, like all the adulterers and um, evildoers, the people that say, God, I don't want anything to do with you, and so I'm going to break all of your rules, and I'm just going to reject you completely. Or you can be like a Pharisee, like, a, like, like one who looks down on other people, and you can say, God, I want to keep all of your rules so well that you'll get off my back. Look at this, I'm at the volunteer event. Look at this, I've been more righteous than other people. Look at this, God. Listen, God, don't get into my heart because you know what? Maybe I sin here and there, but look at my list of things that I do for you. Get off my back. And what we do when we're this Pharisee, and each and every one of us has to have dealt with this, we do, is we put God into our back pocket and we say, I use God as a, as a card when I want to. But then, because of everything that I do good, I'm actually rejecting him. And I don't want that close relationship with him. And there's no need for mercy. There's no need for repentance because I'm carrying the burden all myself. And I believe that I can. God, I don't need you. Get off my back. Do you see that? That you can reject God even by keeping all of his rules. And this is what a life trying to live the outside-in approach is all about. Which brings us finally to the tax collector who has a completely different approach, a completely different prayer, a completely different heart. He says, but the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God, For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Dependence on God's mercy leads to acceptance. I'll say that again. Dependence on God's mercy leads to acceptance, not behavior. Because this tax collector knows that he has thrown off God in the past. That he's lived this life, and he said, you know what? There's nothing that I can bring to this. He's standing naked before God and he's saying, God, there's nothing that I have. In fact, he had his head down. He said, there's nothing that I have. I'm, I'm, I'm unworthy of even being in your presence. And what, it, what Jesus says is in the end, God heard that prayer because God could work with that. 
You know that there's nothing and no good thing that you can bring to God except for a broken heart and a contrite spirit, the Bible says. Because if you bring anything else, God says, well, it seems like you got it and you're trying to work it out yourself, but if you bring this broken heart and contrite spirit that says nothing on the external, not the way that I wear my hair, not the way that I go to church, not the way that I volunteer, not the way that I do anything in life matters, God, except for your presence in my life and your grace and your forgiveness in my life. And notice how this tax collector talks. He says, and he calls himself in verse um, 13, a sinner. And in fact, in the Greek, it says, there's a definite article there, and it's literally the sinner. The sinner. He thinks of himself before God, not comparing himself to anybody else, and that's the way that you and I will approach God too, as the sinner. And this is what will happen. Just like he prayed for mercy, the Greek word here, hilastrion, is the same word in the Greek that was used for the Day of Atonement. The Day of Atonement when this mercy, that, that word mercy, hilastrion, was a seat in the temple. And a priest on the Day of Atonement would make sacrifice and a bowl of blood would be uh, brought into the holy of holy place. And it wasn't just any priest, but it was the high priest. And the high priest would go into that temple and he would sprinkle that blood over the mercy seat of God and it would atone for and it would forgive all of the sins of the people. Well, guess what? There was a sacrifice for you. And that sacrifice was God's own son, Jesus. And his blood was sprinkled so that God has mercy on you and he changes you from the inside out. In the book of Hebrews, it says this about Jesus. It says, for this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Keith Hernandez, always yearning for that acceptance from his father, never got it. You have acceptance from your father, and it came through a sacrifice, the mercy that God gave you on his son on the cross. So this Lenten season, as you walk through this season, don't walk through it as one that's throwing off God because of sin and rejecting him because of breaking his rules, but also don't reject him because you think that you keep all the rules because it's not about finding your righteousness on the outside in. It's about God giving you his righteousness on the inside out. Amen.